Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 12th of September 2022. What a sad day. Our Queen has majestically left us and the reality of that moment somehow, despite the sadness, makes you feel proud to be British and gives kind of a a sense of togetherness. That's personally how I feel about it. And the other thing that sprung to mind, you know, on hearing the news, which is a kind of crazy thing, but I promise to do my best, to do my duty to God and to the Queen, to help other people and to keep the Cub Scout law, is a promise you make when you join the Cubs all those years ago. But the dynamic of that and the fact the Queen was the patron, the person that you were, you know, if you like, vowing to uh, to look up to and maintain her standards... Yeah, it's it's an enormous moment for the world and especially the British people. So, yeah, we're all feeling a bit strange about it. Anyway, let's get on to the more mundane things that uh, we all talk about on a daily basis. First things first, let's talk about, you know, when this podcast comes out on Monday, it's USDA, I think it's either today or Tuesday, I'm not sure. That's going to be an interesting one. You, you've got the mo- recent uh, Pro Farmer crop tool coming out with 168 bushels a hectare and current USDA is working on 175. Now that's an enormous difference in uh, volume. Now depending on how conservative the USDA is, because bearing in mind it suffered with drought, had a late kind of surge with some wet weather at the end which might have helped a little bit and improved yields, I think they'll come out higher than they should but they've got to drop that expectation down and that's so Early part of the week's trading on uh, certainly Chicago should be quite lively. Beans also, you know, that that was going actually quite well until the late weather, late wet weather, hit quite hard some of the crops and some of them have been written off and not harvested. So again, it'll be very interesting to see what happens on beans. So that's excitement coming this week in terms of grain markets. Other things to consider in the previous week, old Vlad wasn't too fond of where the grain was going to out of the Ukraine. There's been 1.6 million tonnes exported of various grains. Interestingly, amongst that, Spain, the starving people of Spain, Italy, Germany and France all had some. And it's this kind of, yeah, I I get it, markets, you know, trade, whoever pays the price, whoever books the, the tonnage gets the deal. Heavily discounted. But if Vlad has a point, it isn't going to starving people in Africa. It's going to countries that are buying it cheaper than they can buy other products. So 193,000 tonnes to Spain. The good old Italians, 94,000 tonnes. Germany, 59,000 tonnes. That's a hell of a journey all the way around to get to them. I, I don't know. There's that, just something not quite right about that morally, I think, personally. Anyway. Let's move on to one other issue that I think needs conversation or thought. And this is quite a long podcast this week. I have a, a fabulous podcast with Tom Youngs. And 
I really enjoyed it. And more importantly, uh, bearing in mind the year that man's had, it was great. What a modest, lovely bloke you are, Tom. I've got to say that because it was just a joy and it was such fun. And the photo we took of you with your grubby shirt on and you saying, yeah, I love it. That's what I am now. That's who I am. I, I just think it's great. I think it absolutely nailed the, the message you were putting across. So good on you. So, yeah, the, the other thought on the grain markets for us to consider is obviously 2023. It's going to become a bigger and bigger issue and a more important crop to think about. There is without doubt a big lack of selling interest on 23 crop. And I have to say, even though I'm a grain merchant, it's in my interest to get some tonnage under my belt and make sure I've got something to trade. I don't think at the moment it's the correct thing to really get heavily into selling it. Prices are creeping up, but it's that cost of production. You know, you've know, got nitrogen price, which is ramping up through the gas thing. Fuel prices as well. Finance costs, rents, everything's gone up. And so the actual cost of production is still not absolutely determined. We still don't know the full detail of that. And when you bought your inputs is going to have an impact. But I, I don't think there's much downside to it. And I don't think there's going to be many people actually prepared to sell. If your rep is push, 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 do some, do some, do some give him a slap you know i don't think i don't feel or see the hurry on it and i can't see a way out for the ukraine to produce a much bigger crop and all of those things i've just mentioned you know nitrogen fuel finance rents isn't mentioning the weather and i think there's a paradigm shift in attitude towards climate change now i think the weather's going to misbehave next year somewhere or another maybe not here but it's going to misbehave that's on top the risk factor i think there's we're in for an interesting time on on 2023 trading so right let's come back to this year where we sit this week has been, you know, when Vlad made his little comment about, I think I might do something with, with the route coming out of Ukraine, the corridor. Instantly the market rallied £10.50 on the futures and anyone trying to trade it was, you know, a hero or a villain, depending on whether they trade any grain from farm. Another one of those days, it ended up lower than that on that particular day. It's dropped back since. As I've said in the last couple of weeks, I think the, the biggest issue specifically for the UK is the volume of grain that's got to be moved in between now and Christmas. There's a very large tonnage. There's a lot of people wanting money. And I don't think it's all going to move at the moment. There's, everyone's got a big book. Everyone's got a big November book. There aren't the homes and there isn't the export. I'm feeling uncomfy with the physicality of that. I think that the dynamic of it will be there has got to be some physical sales and there isn't enough places for it to go. Now, we can ram some more into it. We've got a little bit more space against some of the contracts we've got, perhaps for November, into our stores. We're not going to make any fresh space in between now and then. And so we're, as a business, which don't trade that many tonnes, looking at are we going to move all of our tonnage? And I think that's a pressure that's going to be magnified all around the country. Some companies have no, you know, they have no conscience, if you like, about moving the tonnage in the month they should do. They have a clause in their contracts that says, oh, we'll give you threepence for moving to next month. So really, when they buy, they're buying it with the knowledge that they might or might not move it. And they don't really care. And as far as the farmer's concerned, he sold it for a movement month and he expects that movement. And he can't understand that there's no conscience coming back from the merchant. But hey, you know, I guess if they've paid £340 a tonne for feed wheat, they might find it convenient to push it through till next March or something. So values at the moment, I would say November Farm 256, I would say October 256, because I'm short of October, I'm long on November, I don't want any more November particularly, um, we'll pay the competitive price for it, but that's where we put the value of it. If you're moving September wheat, it's a discount, it depends on the day and where the stuff lies, as a ballpark figure, 252 
If you look at the futures, there's not very much carry in our market. It's artificially in, in a different place because of the technicalities of people getting out of the November and wanting to maintain their long in, in the May and or whatever they're doing. The spread is trading around about £5, £5.50. And the reality is if I just added £5.50 to the XFARM price I gave you for November, it's going to be sort of 260 261 I would say it's in excess of 265 because you have to anticipate, one, the consumer has to pay more money than a discount to the futures. So May will be trading at a premium to the futures. And it's where will that price be? Maybe the futures will be trading at 350. Maybe they'll be trading at 240. Either way, I think that the dynamic will be somewhere, I don't know, five to eight pounds discount instead of 12 to 15 pounds discount to the futures. And I think that may well alter to be less than that as we get there. So that's wheat's destiny. It's kind of happily sitting above £250 a tonne. And in the autumn, I don't see the opportunity for it to rally significantly. Feed barley, Octec, 240x, much healthier price. I think that's a level it's going to be happy at, depending on what wheat prices do. It might ease back a bit if wheat comes down, but largely that's a place I think it will be sticking at. Aussie rape has had a tough old time. It's currently 486 November, so it's less than 500 I think the biggest conversation about rape at the moment is the recent plantings of rape and the flea beetle apocalypse. They are incredibly active. We are going to have a bad flea beetle year. There's a bigger acreage of rape because there was an easier time last year on flea beetle. So extra acres should mean there's more tonnage of it, but there's going to be some very damaged crops. Just for the record, harvest value, if you take feed wheat, Nov at this moment is worth 245x in our view. Yeah, great price, but I personally don't think it's going to be much lower than that for quite a long period of time. Maybe a fiver downside or even max a tenner, but I don't. I just don't see it. So if you've got, as I say, a rep pressing you to do something on, on wheat prices for next year, just say no. I think for the time being, we need some more clarity on what the costs are going to be. Anyway, with that, on this sad day, I'd like you to enjoy the, the conversation I have with Tom Youngs. And uh, yeah, we will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. Advertising on this podcast works. Yeargrain Central Grain Store is delighted to announce that all available storage capacity has now been sold. If you want sales and success, please contact East Coast Design Studio on 01603 728 978. Right, to kick off our 200 series onwards, today I've got a celebrity and very famous rugby player, Tom Youngs, British Lion and England player. Tom, hello. Hello, Andrew. Nice to be on, finally. (laughs) (laughs) I get enough grief about people not being on in time. Why haven't you asked me before? It just doesn't work like that. We're disorganised and it's how the wind blows, all right? I mentioned you a few weeks ago for spilling a bit of ground in our yard, which was... I did it twice, didn't I? I don't know. Yeah, it was the second time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, well, you've got to give people something to talk about, Andrew. You know, I like to... What happened? Just press... So I'll go again, once again. Yeah, I was on the the Clavens uh, Chase EV Fast Track that time. Okay. Second time round, which I did Impressed enjoy. That one yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, there we go. Luckily, there wasn't so much on it this time, so that was, wasn't too bad. <laughs> so the uninitiated, it, well, all that means is a grain store. You have buttons to press. One tips the trailer, one opens the tailgate, <laughs> another one, you know. Anyway, cut a long story short, the, you press the wrong button. It's very complicated, honestly. Indeed, indeed. Two buttons. <laughs> I've never done it, and I, I couldn't even back up for the whole. Anyway, so, right, 2022, I mean, if you'd have written a year of complete and utter 
craziness you couldn't have written this year could no you? no no definitely not it's been um a whirlwind as, a, as uh, i'd say uh, well highs highs and unbelievable yes. lows so yes. i mean we're, we're here to to talk about the farming aspect but obviously with what you've done in your career and what's happening within you personally i want to go through the rugby bit because you know you've got many more followers than we have you know there's 17 <laughs> listening to us now and <laughs> god good old 17 of them brilliant all family they're now um, clicking off <laughs> i just need i just need your mother's family to join yeah. there's so many of them it's about 108 yeah. something stupid like that <laughs> so we're going to go through the roof for our listeners um the local mafia that is the, yeah it is yeah 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 let's not dwell on that don't yet. don't mess with the aunts they're coming <laughs> i occasionally see them your mum trot and her sisters in the uh, black boys and ale chimney. oh yeah they go for a little the, meal now and again yeah, yeah in there for a little like little cauldron a little spell to be passed on at some poor bug <laughs> yeah. i always am really nice yeah to them. really nice i yeah. think they like me but you never can yeah. tell <laughs> anyway yeah good mafia to be part of no so let's go to rugby right i've got a little thing you didn't know the first time i ever saw you i can remember how about that that's pretty good where, where was it andrew you were aylsham football club yep because I, there was your dad on the yep. side, and there you were playing in there. Yep. And I said, blimey, Nick, what are you doing here? You've got ex-England international scrum half, and you've got your boys playing football. And yeah. uh, there you were. You know, I actually remember it. I do remember going to play football. I was absolutely terrible at it, so if we went to rugby. Well, I, I have visions of... I'd like to think I had a memory of you crunching through someone, <laughs> <laughs> halving them age yeah. six or whatever you were. But do, do you know what your dad said? This is really profound. This is, just shows what a, what a thinker he is. He said, yeah, the thing is, you know, if they go on to rugby, he said, I need them to be able to kick with both feet. If ever you get in trouble, you need both feet to work. So he said, I figured if they came and played football first, then went on to rugby. Yeah. How about well, to, that? Well, to be fair, brother can kick off both feet. I still can't kick off one, so it didn't really work. It helped him, <laughs> didn't help me one bit. No, but the, but the thinking, I mean, you get all these snobby gits, you, you come out with, oh, yeah, I play rugby all the time, rough football, some rough things. <laughs> and it's like, there's, there is, you know, well, yeah. there's, there's your brother, the England yeah. scrum half, mm. uh, who physically started by playing football first and and it just proves that there's much more to sport than just being a snobby gig well, i think so also just generally sports been massive in our family and any sport that is we all love sport so go and play anything and yeah. see what see what you could at see what you like it doesn't really matter well, if you I enjoy could. it go and do it i didn't really enjoy football i enjoyed rugby but yeah well you, you, you yeah. had i mean you, you got aunts who played hockey for yeah, England. Yeah, you, yeah. i mean you're, you're just naturally yeah. gifted at every sport I, I played tennis against you i aunt. wouldn't say naturally gifted really <laughs> not really andrew no I mean, you're just being modest no not really mate. <laughs> okay i'll take i'll take that as a right okay the young family don't normally win <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so let's get to your rugby career right i looked on the internet i thought i better just check a couple of facts up your debut did you break your leg in yes. your debut and did you come off straight away, or did no. you? Like... <laughs> so Not me... wired up, right, Andrew? You know, there yeah, we go. No, I didn't. I played on for about another uh, fifteen minutes, and I was like, "This is really hurting." I guess that's how. It was your first game. You're, you're pumped up on adrenaline, and you're 18 years old, and you're sort of, you know, people like Martin Corrie, Benny Kay, and you know, guys you looked up to massively stood over you, going, "You're all right, you're all right, kid." Yeah, yeah, fine, fine, I'm fine. I get up. I'm fine. I got broken. Yeah, leg. yeah. And then you sort of play on, and then you just like. Usually, I can shake off most bit pain, but that was. Yeah, well, this is like, is a bit, have you ever saw the film um, Monty Python, Holy Grail? Yeah, yeah, Where he yeah. chops his arm off. <laughs> Flesh wood. <laughs> well, anyway, so, so yeah. there's a debut and a half. Yeah. Who'd have thought by the end of your career, you had been the second most what, capped captain mm. of the club? Yeah. And the unbelievable, I mean, the things you won in the early time, mm. the terrible period, through you it. know, through it, and, and captaining all the way through. And then this summer, 
you know, just after mm. your retirement and the Premiership final, which is why she didn't play. Yeah. In. But anyone who sees the footage of that, the biggest cheer came when you came on and lifted yeah, up. That must have been. It was very nice. You know, I'm not the kind of guy. I don't like to be in the spotlight at all. So I didn't really want to go and lift the trophy. Um, but the boys made it very clear they wanted me to do that, which was lovely. And I'm glad I did. Now I look back on that. I think you know, well, so pleased I had did take that opportunity and, and did that. The reason they wanted you to come and do it is because you're the sort of bloke who doesn't want to do it. Yeah. It's always the ones who want to, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. It's like, no, you push them back in the dugout and say, sorry, mate, your time's yeah. over. But the, the whole emotion of all of that, it's just it's really moving. It was. It was a fantastic day. Uh, with, with the things that happened before that, it was, a, you know, sport's funny. It can lift the cloud massively and, and reunite you. And that definitely did that that day for the whole family, I felt, as well. So it was great. And, and probably a lot of other people. Is just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. unless we'd been through what can only be described as a really strange period, because there you were at the top and, and all of a sudden it all went wrong, didn't yeah. Oh, look, we, it was coming. It's funny, isn't it? Like with um, a club like Leicester, we won the title in 2013. There was problems then. Mm. But because you're winning, yeah. it, do you know what I mean? It, it'll lift the old carpet up, sweep it under, and away we go again. Yeah. And then it just started to come, and it was then it was all right to make a semi-final, uh, and, and nothing really changed in it. And we got ourselves in a real dark hole, really, and instead of sort of hitting the reset button, we never did. And it was tough leading the team then, leading Leicester Tigers to some of the worst, you know, parts of uh, history they've ever had. But there we go. Like, you come out of it the other way if you get well, it right. Resilience is in the end. Exactly. You know, you can't... It's a funny old wheel which never turns to the good. So you just got to, as I always say, hold on tight as you can to get it to shift. <laughs> <laughs> There's a way of never losing. <laughs> so you went from being a, a centre, which yeah. to the non-rugby types, there are some people who don't yeah, understand true. rugby. So in, you know, village rugby out here, you know, Hull or North <laughs> Walsham, it's like the, the backs are the, yeah. are the girls and the yes. forwards are the big boys who hit yeah. each other, right? Yeah. So there you were out in the girls and, if you can call that, playing for Leicester at centre. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, you know, and you got England sevens, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. And then... You have to change. You have to do one of the most bizarre things: change from a ballet dancer into a mud yeah. wrestler. There's not many have done it either. So there wasn't. I when can't I imagine. Was, no, 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 a lot of people have it? gone from back row, so the, from the back, the forward pack into the front there. But no, not many have gone from the centres in. So yeah. So the dynamic of that. I mean, there must be a point where someone said, "Look, you, this isn't going to happen for you at centre." Yeah, that's what happened basically. Yeah. And tough news. These are your choices. Lad. Yeah, that was. And I probably, I, you know, I'm a probably pretty realistic person. I kind of knew that I was going to. I wasn't ever going to be that out-and-out starter at, at centre for Leicester. I was going to be a, a solid 12 and a you know good squad player, which equally fine with, but I wasn't quite fine with that. I wanted to be more than that. And then yeah. there was an opportunity to move to hooker. Now, that's a pretty big thing to sort of accept and think about, but... I was really up for the challenge, and when um, I took it on, and, and off I went, you know, and a lot of, but it wasn't, yeah, but a lot of people helped me with that, there wasn't just me on my own, but I just applied my mindset to it, and then coaches coached me, and away we went. Well, that's really, really delicately put, as modestly put, whatever you want to call it, but the reality of, you know, I was, I never played any decent rugby, I only took up rugby at 26, but I played out with the girls as a fullback or a winger. Yeah. You'd never get me putting my beautiful face in that, <laughs> let alone at top level. And you know, I mean, but it actually meant leaving Leicester for a period and yeah, alone yeah. and learning a completely different. Yeah, it was, and I had to go to Nottingham, and I'd sort of go. I'd lived in Leicester, go to Nottingham in the morning, train there in the morning, then come back to Leicester in the afternoon and train there in the afternoon. Double. So a lot of those boys would then, the Nottingham boys would stop. 
Yeah. But I, ha- I needed to get better. And the yeah. only way you're going to get better is by training or working. Yeah. That is the mindset of it. You know, you're not going to get better sat at home. And body shape had to change as well. Body fitness had to change. Body shape had to change. And so I had to do extra weights and all these bits and bobs, which are a bit boring. But, but you, 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 know. were, you were never, I mean, forgive me, but you were never slender. It's like, you know. No, no, I, was, I, had that, I had a frame and it was just yeah. about building the frame up. Yeah. But then it's then. The, Shit how store springs to mind. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, you know and I look at your dad sometimes and think, Christ. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I've got a good gene pool there to pull on. <laughs> if I want to put some weight on muscle on it, it's not too hard. But, <laughs> but then it's getting used to carrying that muscle or weight around, I suppose. Yeah. So it was yeah. always a, a challenge, you know. But so having, I wouldn't change it for the world. It really was unbelievable. So having done that, you suddenly, there you are in the front row. Yeah. And what happened next? They, Leicester went, okay. Come back. Yeah, so yeah, well, I obviously played two seasons at Nottingham, I think about 65 games or something in two mm-hmm. seasons. So luckily I didn't get injured, stayed fit, and um, Leicester pulled me back. I was always kind of on the books, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I was always going back. They were keeping an eye on me. So two seasons, I loaned them back to Leicester, and away it went, really. Okay, and so when you first came in there, mm. they, they, they must have thought, right, we'll have you as a reserve backup sort of. Yeah, I was sort of third choice, really. <laughs> Not a bad story. So we. I, George Shooter, it was the World Cup year, 2011, I came back. So I was sort of second choice because George Shooter was away with England. Yeah. He ended up then of not selecting the World Cup, so he came back. So then I dropped down to third choice. Mm-hmm. So I was a bit gutted because I thought, if I get a good start to the season, a couple of games here, a bit off the bench there, I can yeah. sort of push on. Anyway, so three games in, we hadn't won anything and things were getting a bit... Richard Cockwood loved winding up, yeah. up. Second yeah. team versus team, first team. He'd be like, come on, you want their shirt, go and get their shirt. And it would... Leicester was renowned for fighting. There'll be a punch up every Tuesday. You know, not anymore, but used to be a puncher. And actually, I had a good fight with the second choice hooker. I put about nine stitches in his head to put him out. That was a good fight. Yeah, it was a good fight. So I put put him out, and basically, then I got selected. I was away. (laughs) He thought that was a bad fight. Yeah, yeah. Well, he hit me first, so that's fine. So it's all all in there. But yeah, so he um, and that's how I ended up getting selected, basically. So off I went, and then yeah. So and then and then obviously you started getting results. Yeah, yeah. Started getting a few results, and just started. You know, just take the 20 minutes here. Sometimes I didn't even get on. And it was, that's fine. I was still part of the 23. I was still working really hard to get better. I knew yeah. I wasn't anywhere near it. Yeah. And I had to get better. And I just kept plowing at it. Any opportunity I took, any bit of extra training I could do, I did. And then, I mean, you know, Ben was playing by then. Yeah, um, Ben was 17 and 18. So he's young as ever. Yeah, Debuton yeah, Debuton of, of Leicester he? and Premiership, I think. I don't know if yeah. he's been beaten or not. But, yeah, to be fair, like... Ben was on his road and I was on my road and mm. it, you know, no road's the same, you know what I mean? I think sometimes sports people get obsessed by what the other person's doing and yeah. so they get like, well, he's, he's selected for England or he's doing that. Don't worry about bloody him, well, worry about you. Like, get is, yourself- that, is that something that they, tra- they train you to like think, uh, you know, psychologists, sports psychologists saying, right, this is what you need to think about and you just think about it. Is yeah, that- a little bit. Yeah, I think you've got to have a balance to your life though because mm. rugby can be so intense. You need to have that kind of in and out a little bit mm. but all I like is people concentrate on your own path don't worry about others too much around you worry about the key people around you what people think like your yeah. coaches your family yeah. stuff like yeah. that don't worry about the old outer world and now with social media and all that rubbish people get sucked into it oh. well they can talk you up to high heaven as yeah. well yeah. and they'll soon rip you apart Listen, honestly it's it happens whatever level you are in life exactly. you'll have people who, who from a distance will throw many guns. oh of course they do they love it 
Yeah. People love to be negative. It's great, you know. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they yes. do. They absolutely but, love it. But equally, yeah. some people are, you know, the opposite, yeah. aren't they? 100%. Just, I mean, you talk about that. <clears throat> I remember watching on TV when you both, you'd come on a sub in, in a game to get your cap. Yeah. And then you started the next game for England. Yeah. And you stood next to your brother Ben in the line didn't you? Yeah. 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 And, and there you were, and the national anthem was playing. And I, I haven't heard a commentator make a comment about this. Yeah. But that was a moment, wasn't it? Was it was a moment. That it was, was a fantastic like, moment. It was like, it was like, we did it. Yeah. I, I saw here. it. I saw yeah. the two of you We're both here. arm We're in here. arm. And, yeah. I, and I thought, yeah, that's, that's emotional. Yeah. Was. Like, look, me and Ben have a very special relationship. Like we've, we've done the professional world together. Mm. You kind of get it when people outside probably don't get it so much, but you get it. We've both supported each other massively, mm. and it hasn't been a competition. There's actually, we're not actually competitive. People think, oh, we're competitive. We're really not competitive. Like, we just like want the best for each other. Mm. And what he's gone on to do for his rugby career is just unbelievable. Mm. Unbelievable. But that moment, yes, to stand next to him and, and in England, the, shirt, it, it, having, having the been in the crowd, no end, watching him and stuff yeah. like that, yeah. and, and just, I never thought I'd get there. I never did. You know, I obviously dreamed of it, but. I'm still dreaming. Yeah, that, well, we can now. always dream, Andrew, can't we? But <laughs> it just, it was such a nice moment yeah. to, to have that moment with him. And, and then, yeah, it was. It, yeah, well, it was one, you uh, never forget. You'll never forget it. Has anyone never else picked you up on that? Has anyone said, look, you know, I saw that happen? A little bit, not yeah, too bad. But it's actually one of my favourite moments. It's a good pitch when he sort of leans his head in. That's, that's it exactly. Yeah, and that I saw it and I thought, yeah, that is it's lovely. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice, I, I yeah. like that. And yeah. Anyway, so there you are. Suddenly, you're playing for England. That's got to be like that. Is I've, I've actually done it. No matter what happens now, and then something else happens where you end up a British lion. Yeah, I mean, scary. isn't it how funny how things timing of some things played well in the scene. I never. I remember Warren Gatlin coming to watch us training. Lions, and the, you know, a lot of boys are talking about the Lions and they were sort of talking about the coach saying, oh, Lions selectors coming to watch you, blah, blah. I didn't even think about it. And, you know, I'd, I'd met Warren. That was the first time I probably met him ever. Mm. And then suddenly you get selected on a tour of it. It was a bit surreal that year. Yeah. At 2012 to 13, that season was unbelievable. Wow. And then you're in Australia playing for the Lions, which is, it yeah. was, well... One of the greatest tours, touring rugby tours and, and rugby moments I've got, to be fair, doing I, that. I've got a hot tip on uh, anyone who wants to buy memorabilia. If ever, you know, you have a famous, if you like, someone in the local area who gives a shirt. Yeah. Now, you kindly got a shirt signed by the five Leicester players who are playing as British Lions. Nice. And you put it in for auction at Holt. And you did the same thing at North Walsham. Yeah. If you go to Holt, as a farmer's club, yeah. you can buy it a lot cheaper than if you buy a North Walsham. <laughs> <laughs> I bought the one at the Hulk one. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's and then I went to the one at North Walsham and it got God knows how much oh. it got to. And, and it was getting silly and I thought, Christ, I'm so glad I'm a member of Hulk. <laughs> That's brilliant. Did you tell the person who brought it that, that you brought well, it? If ever, if ever there's a shirt auction again at Hulk RFC, You're in. Um, then no, no, no you know, I'm, I'm doing my bit here for Hulk charities now. It all Holt Rugby Club. Yep. You know, if we ever, if they ever do that again, by letting people know that if you're going to want that stuff on the wall, because people do, we love ours. You're one of our our members, you know, at Aylsham Grain. Yeah. And I thought I've got to buy that. I've got to stick it on the wall because yeah. it, it, this isn't going to happen every bloody year, is no, it? True. No. And um, but now, if people go, I want to go to that Holt, Holt Players Dinner. If there's a shirt for auction, I'll buy it <laughs> two grand cheaper than I'll buy it. <laughs> There you go. Love that. Love it. <coughs> yeah, so yeah. Helping Holt, uh, whilst helping North Walsham. Um, yeah, so there you are, England, British Lion. Yeah. 
and your, your world is like booming on. And then obviously we can't go through this podcast without mentioning your, yeah. your lovely wife, Tiff. Yeah. I mean, I never personally knew her, but yeah. I mean, the whole farming world, all this local area has been immensely yeah. touched. And sadly, she lost her long and hard fight against blood cancer. Mm. I mean, in this year, there's the lowest of the low that anyone can imagine. I mean, yeah. yeah and like without being hard-faced about it but that unfortunately is life isn't it in some regards it deals your cards you don't know what you're going to get dealt mm. ever really from it can go from the highs to the lows very quickly and it's scary actually how that can do that you know and it, it's been a tough tough old time well, um, but we've made some good memories along the way but you know that is that and i'd just like to say the support from everyone has been unbelievable there's so yeah. much love for you in yeah. this community yeah. and, and i mean talking of mafias you know don colleone father-in-law mm. he <laughs> Farming godfather in North, you kiss you on each cheek, you know, you, you know you're in trouble. But, um, you know, obviously yeah. it's been an immensely emotional time for so many people. Um, your daughter, Maisie, I mean, you're now obviously coping as a yeah. single yeah. parent. It looks clean in the house now because the cleaner's been Andrew today. I was, was going to so, say. So, yeah, look, it's not, don't, don't think that's all me. I asked where to take my shoes off, didn't I? <laughs> don't think this is all me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, it, that in itself, all joking aside, is an immensely tough job, you know. Oh, it's, it's yeah. Nine weeks holiday is not, not ideal either, some holiday. And, so obviously... Which, which room do you lock her in, then? <laughs> <laughs> you stay in there. I've got to go combining. She'll be on the combine a bit of me, but, yeah... It, it's been challenging, but we, I've made it. You know, she's back at school now, a couple of days in, yeah. routines back, brilliant. Yeah. She's full of, full of beans and loving it, yeah. so that's great. And you've got a, a support network. Oh, the with... support network around me has been unbelievable as well and helped me along massively. Yeah, good. Well, I mean, yeah, just to report, it is a very tidy house, so well, well done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it once a week she comes? Yes, like well, Amanda, yeah. on a Wednesday. And what's your cooking like? Are you good at that? I'm actually all right. Oh, one of the best things I ever did, what Leicester ever did, when I was 18, I went up to Leicester full-time. Um, they put us on a cooking, cooking course. And I, I got the bug for cooking. I just enjoyed you know, cooking. Nutritionally, that must be a major part. Well, because it's doing. massive. Like, well, I, at 18-year-old, yes, a lot of people can eat whatever they want or do whatever. We couldn't. We, you know, it's, it's massive fuel for our bodies. And so you, you want to get bigger? Yeah. Stick to the regime that you're on, or you must have reduced a certain amount. I've reduced a certain amount. I don't need to burn as much calories or have as much calories. The worst thing I find is I'm overeating. I'm not trying to find yeah. that gap. So I don't want to get... Sat on the combine, Andrew, hasn't done me great through the summer. I need to start training again. A little bit of training, you know, a bit of tweak of the old food intake here and there. Well, I, was, I went to the rugby club Saturday and they said they thought I was having a baby. So I've, I've actually <laughs> gone on to a diet this week and I hate not eating. And I've it's never horrendous, isn't it? It, it is. just takes a few... It's one of those things, whenever you're going to take it on a diet or change your thing, it'll take a few days, three or four days, and it'll be hell. Yeah, and then a, you'll get into the routine of it a little bit. Yeah, you'll need your mindset where you're changing from centre to, to hooker. Yeah. That's, that, I mean, if you can do that, eating, yeah. not eating is... Well, it's just, yeah, it clicks. In a way, is, yeah. is your daughter fed up with uh, hoops, you know? Spaghetti <laughs> 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 hoops. Yeah. No, she's, no, I'm fed her well, fed her well, feed her well, keep her going. Good. Right, let's do a seamless, like change over here like a professional yes. interviewer would and go from your rugby world into yeah. your farming world so well first things first you, you did a bit of advertising for things didn't you a bit of farmy type gear generally. yeah a bit of steel chainsaws and all yeah. that yeah you know Just had to do a photo shoot for that had all the gear on and had all the gear on no idea i spotted that and i thought yeah <laughs> they, they obviously picked on him because they know he's a farmer um 
you've got also, I guess, within the rugby world, a number of farming buddies. You must have. Yeah, I do. Yeah, to be fair, there's some good people out there. There's not a huge amount of farmers in, in the rugby world, to be fair. But it's amazing the supporters or sponsors you meet who are from farming background or farmers or whatever. Mm. So there is a big one. Obviously, I was up in Leicester. And then obviously, I've got connections down here anyway in Norfolk because of growing up here and stuff. Mm. Because within the rugby world, you largely have agricultural rugby clubs is the base of the rugby union, but you've also got a whole load of London clubs with a lot of you know posh kids as well. So it's finding a click within it, because you can't get on with everybody in a team, can you? That must be tough. Oh, that is. You can't get on. It's, it's impossible, especially when you're 35 and, and you're you know, 18 you're the 18-year-old. You've got with kids, they haven't haircut. got kids. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? They're on the prowl every five minutes. Yeah. You know, you just want to get asleep. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's how it is that's why it? the old but, slap the young but, yeah but you're you're a team you know you have to but find fun, a common ground in that. but what i'm trying to get to is that is so the dynamic of the people you mix with tend to be the people mm. you so within your team yes. within Leicester, there must be a, a, a oh yeah of course you, you'd naturally mix of your your sort of groups anyway but yeah. i know there wasn't many farms about but the, but the boys got to learn about farming because i just spoke about it even if they didn't really want to... Your interest has always been in farming. Your yeah, heart has loved, been there continuously, Yeah, I loved it, loved it, it, yeah. I'm extremely lucky to do rugby, which I love, and then to come back and do farming, which I love. So how do you swap the, the glamour? Or you know, is maybe farming is more glamorous, but you're in front of how many... 70,000 people yeah. holding the, the Premier Trophy and the next day you're lifting spuds or something or you're yeah. driving a tractor. Or but I'm just as happy there as I am here. Yes. Yeah, so you mean? It are really... you introverted or extroverted? Do you prefer to be in the middle of the field not having any of that and you control who you talk to if you go on your phone and yeah. that's it? Or have... I mean, in the middle of the pitch, I guess you're not thinking about all those eyes. No, you know, you're not thinking about it at all. You're just thinking about your job you've got to do. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, as I say, like, I'm just so... I'm comfortable in my own... There and here, I don't miss that kind of like the. I, I tell you what, I'd miss a big game like a Northampton Saints game. I mm. think you'd miss that, but equally, I know I can't do that anymore. So, what's the point in getting? Yeah, yeah, no. I you know what I mean? Like, it's just however, a waste of energy, really. However so. rubbish you are or good you are at sport, if you've played a sport and you've loved it and you get to an age where you can't do it anymore, you have to accept you can't do it anymore. Exactly. And as I say to anyone who is still young enough to play, play. you are a, yeah, you are a very long time watching. And there's a whole load of experts on the side of the pitch who would give their right arm oh. to be able to have a, a, one more year at 26 running out there and doing it all over again. Yeah, don't. I always think that. <clears throat> I think people sometimes stop sport too early oh, nowadays. Man, and you, I think you've got to because once it's done, Andrew, it's done. And and like you know, I went and watched Walsham on um, Saturday, mm -hmm. their first league game. It was great. I loved it. Loved watching it. You know, but I'm happy in my own. You know, people say. Yeah. Are you going to come and play? You yeah, play? Yeah, come on, come I'm like, no, not no. a chance. My body's pretty crippled as it is, but you know, I'm quite happy what I've done and all that. And it, you know, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm very content. Prove. Yeah, I'm very content, and <clears throat> I just want to enjoy now watching. Well, I miss it, of course, I miss it, but at the same time, I know I can't do it. So, yeah, yeah. you're wasting yeah. energies, I'd say, on it. So no, no, well, yeah. true, mental yeah. energy. But yeah, yeah it's, so you know, how does farming excite you? What, what's the bit? Is it machinery? Is it physically thinking what you're doing next with the crop? Is yeah, it... I really like, I've always loved machinery. I love driving big mm -hmm. things, small things, whatever. I loved it. But now, yeah, it would be growing crops and learning all that tr sort of stuff. I have some idea of it, but like I haven't done this. About, You've had a missing period. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I've missed a period and I've got catching up to do. I like the business side of it a bit yeah. as well. I enjoy that side of it. So it, I, I think being a farmer... I think you do such a range of things. It's quite, you never really, you know, you might be doing a bit of office work, which none of us really like too much, but you have to do it. And it does fill a, 
you know, you do a bit of that and then you jump in on a tractor or then you, you know, you go into a meeting. There's so many different things to it, which oh, can keep you entertained <clears throat> or... Bucket load of experts yes. telling you what to do next. That's yeah. the best one. I mean, exactly. there's, there's, and quite often 50% of them are wrong. You've got to try and weigh up who's giving you good advice, who's giving you bad yeah. advice. Yeah. That guy on Jeremy Clarkson, I've mentioned this to Caleb, <laughs> he knows how, there's some fundamental basic things about being a farmer's son that gives you a basic knowledge about whether the soil is workable mm. or not, isn't there? Yeah, you, know, you I, just, you kind of know because you go around with your dad. You just know. Yeah, you I, just, I know. Yeah, yeah, you just go, well, and yeah. It's like, yeah. not that I could physically use the machines, it wasn't, but, you know, I just know when the land is right to do mm. certain things and when it's wrong wrong yeah well, when you just you for, or when you can just force it a little bit you can yeah you can just, you can't just, teach that yeah it, it's something that's kind of in there isn't it and mm. then i mean in this changing time where no one ever wants to plow again and it's all mm. going to be let's look after the roots and have contaminated crops next year whatever goes on yeah there's lots of logic within that but it, every answer isn't there yet there's lots of experts telling us how well, this is what you should you must be doing I know, well, you, well, we just drilled some rape we did some of it cultivated and drill and some of it plowed and drilled yeah. And I have to say, the plough does look better. Yeah, okay. And, you know, there's no volunteers coming up. There's no volunteer spray on it. You know, there is costings there, but it does look bloody good. I, I, I think last year was very difficult with the dynamic of the autumn and, and, mm. and the crop that followed. This year, I'm, I'm hoping very much that there's anyone that's planting cereal after cereal, if it's, mm. if it's barley after wheat, then that yeah. grain has definitely chitter. They've waited for the rain. and You've got to uh, wait for it now, haven't you? Because well, you're going to be in... Oh, we've got mm. barley with wheat admix, which is not good enough for the mm. malting job, which takes the whole premium away. That's, yeah, a, that's yeah. a very significant cost. Yeah. And that's all part of this brave new world that we're now addressing. So you're as much an expert as anybody on mm. this. So everyone who says, oh, yeah, that's what we've always been doing, bullshit, they yeah. haven't. And which break crop to put in in front of spring barley, if you drill mm. straight into it, will the goodness in the previous crop, the residue, be released at the right time for the spring barley? Mm. I don't think it will. We've got people who have already done it, and they're changing what they're doing. It's, mm. it's, it's a moving feast it is massively yeah which is actually makes it exciting doesn't it really in some regards well, uh, it makes you, it challenging doesn't it well if you find your job interesting it isn't a job no i so i like, i loved my rugby and rugby like pressure cooker mm. you know i tried to describe it as like you're in harvest all the time like right. almost like you are it's like a week week after week for yeah. 11 months of the year pretty much like yeah, it's flat stick. And rejected yeah. for having yeah. ergot in your sample, yeah. 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 But do you know what I mean? It's kind of like that. Whereas farming's a little bit slower, but it's not a just it's as not intense. A, yeah, and it's not a chore for me. I just love it. I could spend hours out there. Mm. You know, after well, one of the reasons mm. I do live off the farm is because I probably would spend bloody hours in there and it, I thought I needed that little bit of a drive home. Yeah, little drive home, so I'm not on it all the time. Listen to the Doing Grain podcast on your way. <laughs> but the, the dynamic of enjoying what you do, I mean, mm. the, in a microscopic area of, mm. of farming is trading grain, obviously, which is what the bit we do. Today, the market's gone up £10.50 yeah, a tonne. No, like £10.50 a tonne. And that is, in my entire career, pretty well unheard of. Now it happens every other week. It's, it's, it's crazy, it's, isn't it? Well, it's, it's down to, it's, we're in a strange world, aren't we? You know, old Vlad has decided to, you know, say, I don't like, I don't, I mean, let's be real about the exports from the Ukraine. It transpires that a bucket load of it's gone into Europe. So there's good old Germans, French, Irish, Italians, especially Spanish. They've all bought Ukrainian corn. Oh, that's nice of them. Yeah. They're not bleeding, starving, are no. they? They've bought it because it's incredibly cheap. It's like, <laughs> kick them when they're down. Yeah, we'll take it for you. Yeah, we'll have it. And it's like, no, shouldn't that be going to Africa or something? Yeah. But, but, you know, and Putin's got a good political point in highlighting that oh, I don't like this, it's all going to Europe. Mm. And all that's done is undermine the European price. Price, yeah. 
French maize was getting subdued because of all his cheap import. Now all of a sudden he's gone, nah. So what, <laughs> what does that mean? He's got a sub waiting to sink the next sink, time. Uh, yeah. And all of a sudden the market goes well, boom. It'll go boom. Well, has he just... Has right. he just twisted it and then he's just going to... Yeah, you know what I mean? Let, let the pressure off a little bit and then he's going to just go boop. Has he told his mates to go along with Futures on Friday yeah. and then on, on Wednesday <laughs> sell the shit out of it? <laughs> <laughs> either, uh, either way, he's he is in a very. It'd be good to have him on your team as yeah. It'd be nice to give him a call. Just let me know. Can I sell now yeah. or not? I don't agree with what you're doing, but just let yeah. Me just win. you could just give me a little heads up on that. It'd be great. Well, I shouldn't joke about yeah, no. that. Anyway, but no. Tra- so trading is exciting, and yeah. um, to, if anyone comes on and tells you what you should be doing on that, they really don't know either. Let me tell you, because <laughs> on Friday or whatever day it was, not Friday. On Tuesday, we're recording this on Wednesday. On Tuesday, the market was down two pounds. Yeah, it was down yeah. yesterday, and it looked like it was about to have a little bit of a slip you know everyone's got wheat to sell and farmers have got it that's right. what you were saying when you were saying how you know we've all got right. stores you were it's right, yeah, right yeah, for a day yeah you were right because you know you can't <laughs> hold it forever if you haven't got the right storage and all that sort of stuff and it's still there to be traded yeah someone's gonna someone's just gonna sell it for 10 quid more, than more than it, yeah which is great it doesn't change who's gonna buy it and i don't see it getting exported so it's, it's kind of really weird mm. why should it go up 10 quid in the uk because we can export well we're not competitive it's mm. really it's all the blind leading the blind at the moment and yeah, at the end of the year, it probably will go up. Mm. But that's actually 11 and three quarter months away. Yes, quite a risk. Well, it's a whole year. And what's going to happen to next year's crop in the meantime? Yeah. So. And your cash flow is taking a battering at the moment anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> Fertiliser, Jesus. Yeah, well, fertiliser has all of a sudden now really gone up, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's shot up again. Really like I don't know whether people held off or how much they held off or what the ad- advice was, but yeah, I must admit, £980 a tonne, I heard. Is that about where I think at? it is. I heard 800 but it's going to be, it's something like that. It's a bit eye-watering, but yeah, it that we way. Don't, I mean, we don't trade fertiliser. I've got nothing to... <laughs> add to it other yeah. than uh, you have to do the sums I mean new crop wheat futures are also up best part of five six seven quid that's 28 30 pounds mm. a hectare improvement in return is that covered with the fertilizer probably mathematically it is probably is isn't it and oil at the moment's coming down which is you know is that going to mean diesel comes down probably should do recession the world is in a real muddle with recession and yeah. costs and but there's a subject matter there in itself. You could spend your time. Oh, you could spend eight hours yeah. on it, couldn't well, you? Really? We, we do spend our time chewing the cud about it most, of the time. <laughs> but then still get it wrong or right. Well, right for a day, then wrong for the rest of the week. <laughs> Are there things that you did in your rugby career that you've brought to farming? Is there a mindset every morning where you go, right, up we go, I'm now going to do 7,000 press-ups or I'm now going to do whatever, you know, what does, how does it work with you? So I suppose, not, not really, I, don't, I haven't brought a mindset. I probably brought a, a, a communication leadership sort of role into the farming, I suppose, in some regard, into our farm as well. And try new things without... I think coming to a family business is hard enough as it is because your, your dads or your uncles have, have done it one way and done it that way. And equally, that is fine. Mm. But there's also like, can we try it this way? Mm-hmm. Not saying that's wrong and you have yeah, to yeah. do it right. And you say, can we try it this way? Now, and then we'll work out, once you get the combine for it, you'll see whether, you know, and then you do your costings on it and you'll see where you are of that. And I think what I'm, one thing I'm very lucky is one, my uncle um, William is pretty much retired now, which is um, yeah, unlike yeah. rugby, is a lot older. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and then Dad's very open to things. You know, he will sort of say his points, why they've done it, and I'll sort of try and say my points. And then, obviously, you've got George in the office as well. So yeah. we're sort of trying to. So it can be two against one a little bit sometimes. You know, you sort of work it like that, really. But 
I do a little bit of training at home. I suppose we've got my gym down here, get up early and do that a couple mm. of times a week. But on the whole, I'm sort of finding my routine as I go along, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah you know, a lot but, of it. But mindset, it's like... Yeah, you know, my mindset, I, I want to make it better and make the business it's, better. It's, and, you know, it's, it's easier to write down a training programme than it is to write, you know, so... It, you don't know what you've done until... Well, I you, wouldn't know what I've done with the drilling of the rape, as I was saying earlier, yeah. and, until uh, July next year. And drilling of the rape won't be on the agenda and again until next year. So the until next it, time... Yeah. You, so it's, it's a different set It's of, a different thing. Like that's the other thing. Like because I told you, the rugby world moves so fast, and mm. you know you're getting inst- instant feedback. You're getting feedback by looking at things and and, mm. and totaling up how you put it in. You won't get the real feedback until well, you put the combo for it. Yeah, in or, some regards. Yeah, and, you'll know it's a rough idea, but and you'll be watching the weather. And yeah, going, and uh, there's so going, many more factors. I, to it. That won't happen. You'll be thinking. <laughs> yeah, there is. There is so many factors to yeah. it. I think. I just love it. I just love. It's love clear. What I it's do. very yeah. clear. We've already known, always known, yeah. that you would be back on the farm. I mean, Ben is not of a. No, farm, Ben doesn't. He? Does not interest. He loves Norfolk and loves the the farm, but he wouldn't know yeah. what we're doing, what we're going to do next week, no, and no, that's fine. He, you know, with, yeah. with that many caps, he can become a pundit, can't yeah. he? Surely. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to yeah. do. I don't think he will. I don't know what he'll do, Andrew. I, I think he's he'll. Got, got he's got to find. Yet, he's got to find his feet on that as well. Because he started so young, he's been around for so long. Oh, he's been around for years, really, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. well, will anyone ever beat his cap record? That's a question. I probably yes. Yeah, wonder. Yeah. But anyway, so let's kind of sign off with this. We've moved from the glamour and the, the incredible highs and incredible lows of 2022 and all those seasons ago, the highs and lows, all, all these things that have gone on in this crazy world. You come back to farming. You've negotiated a new farm contract, haven't you? You've, got a new, you've expanded mm. the amount of land yep. you're farming. Yep. So instant response, instant mm. impact, which is, you know, I'd expect no less. Um, so it's exciting. Yes, it is very exciting, yeah, massively. Yeah. Okay, so what on the side of that, in time, what do you think you will do? Do you think you will help coach people? Yeah, I, I think like anything, like, coaching's a very satisfying thing to do. If you make someone better, it's lovely, isn't it? You know, and I would like to do some coaching. I think, as I've said, I'm trying to find my routine and what time you don't I've need got. It yet, do you? Yeah. Not yet, no. But I would love to help the Holtz, the North Walsham, mm. the Gresham School, where mm. Maisie goes, stuff like that. You know, it's nothing like. And then I think Leicester would like me to do something, mm-hmm. but I just think it's it's a bit too far away, really. Hell to, of a journey. Yeah. And I commuted there from here for about just over a year, Christ. 14 months. I had a little flat up there. I rented off a good mate of mine up yeah. there, and that was I sort of stayed there. But you know, I was doing this trip 10 times a week. Or whatever and that was it's a killer it's, it's leicester is a place you drive towards you go for two hours and you kind of think i must be there now yeah and you've got, still got about half an hour left like, yeah. oh man that's if you're driving really quick yeah it's like, it is and but it's, it's an easy road to drive on you can autopilot really in some regards sure not you can it, yeah yeah, ten times, yeah sort of, <laughs> but yeah i want to be here i want to watch Maisie play her sport i want yeah. to enjoy that i want my weekends that's one thing i'm clear about yeah. like I've, i have sacrificed weekends after weekends so whatever i do i don't want to get tied down i've got to go to the game and watch them i'd rather watch a video of the game or whatever and do that yeah. unless it's a home game i might pop up there but when you have a load of you must have a load of sicker pants trying to kind of like hang on to your shirt towels going, oh, dum, 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 dum. yeah but not too bad like that like, i'd love oh, i've got a couple of things going to go to local schools and help just i like to do a training session like if you can inspire i coach on a sunday the under 11s mm-hmm. so like um alfie van portfleet's age group mm-hmm. that with um freddie lacy mm-hmm. cousin so I go up there on a Sunday, coach them, which I love. And Maisie works in the kitchen behind there, helping on them. And they're behind, you know, and it's such a family atmosphere. Yeah, it's, no, a it's a great, great thing. Place, yeah. It's great, you know, and um, a few pints after and Sunday roast later on. So that's where I'm at at the moment. And I'm really enjoying Norfolk life. 
Good, that is really yeah. good. And I'm going to finish with, obviously, charity stuff. Are you doing stuff towards... So I'm, I'm going to do take on a thing called the Superhero mm-hmm. next June. So I've got to, I will start training for that at some point. That, so I'm looking forward to that, which I'll obviously raise some money for. I don't think you can select your charity, but I think it goes towards a charity they'd like okay. to do. And so. as far as you're concerned, you've got no p- particular personal favourite charity that you aim at? Uh, probably be Bloodwise or MND, obviously with Tiff and obviously Jake. Well, so. MND yeah. is, I don't want to touch on that, obviously you've got a, a good friend. Who yeah, it's later, you, yeah. You have Jake and there was Huey Olsen locally, mm. one of our farmers who recently yeah. died. You know, that disease is one of the cruelest without a doubt. Yeah. So we, because of Jake, the last time we had the Norfolk dinner, the, the Grain Trade Norfolk dinner, we had a charity thing where a large slice of the money went to MND. Mm. And if we do that in the future, we will be allocating some to that. If you have a preferred charity, we'll yeah. happily give some okay, when we have the dinner as well. And with that in mind, I'm going to mention this now while you're here, because yeah. you're not allowed because you're a farmer, come to the thing. But what we're going to do is we will, instead of having a speaker this year, we're going to save save that money and we're going to have, allow more time for people to meet each other at the dinner. And maybe, I was hoping that we could persuade you to do a show some description yeah, sign it or get you know maybe mm. you can get to sign it and then we'll auction it at the dinner so all you tight-fisted grain trader types who want to show you are the best at that dinner i'm going to get a, an old mate of mine who played rugby at dis okay will foot his name is okay people know him as spanner i think i have met him before yeah he's, he's yeah spanner because he's obviously you know a sharp instrument no blunt instrument that's it so he we're going to try and persuade him he doesn't know this yet to do the auction because he'll do a great job with okay that. And uh, using the foot factor. So if you can do that, we'll find some money for you. Yeah, that, that. that's fine. Okay, love you, Andrew. Love to help out. Definitely. Okay, so that was it, Tom. Thank you so much. For oh, well, oh, that's brilliant. Nice to be on, Andrew. Hopefully we can do another one when I've um, completely balls everything up. On the <laughs> fucking side of that. Well, the beauty of it is you'll probably tell the truth and say, hey, yeah. you did it wrong. Yeah. And, if you, and if you got it right, you, you'd be telling the truth and everything. Hey, he's bullshit. Yeah. So you can't win, Tom. You can't win. Mate. Anyway, can't good win. man yourself. Cheers, Andrew. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.